0: Good morning, Wastelanders. This is Streaming Wasteland.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome to Streaming Wasteland. Streaming Wasteland. Streaming Wasteland. I'm Greg. Hi, Greg. And with me always... And Ringo. With me always is Ringo. Hi, Ringo. Yeah, we should probably talk about this movie. This movie is terrible. Say we both recommend
0: this movie. I would say skip this movie. Yeah, don't watch the worst plot I've ever seen. This movie had some interesting twists and turns that I, I definitely enjoyed. You know what they say, once you are 18, monsters are your problem. The creature that we're dealing with is called the Dark Mother. Yeah. I just called her Dear Mommy. Do you want to go ahead and jump back in? All right, we should probably dive into this. (laughs) Hey, everybody. Welcome to Streaming
1: Wasteland. I'm Greg, and with me always is Ringo. Say hi, Ringo. Hi, Ringo. This week, we watched California Christmas, rated PG-13 on Netflix, and Ringo accidentally watched the wrong movie, and now he's fallen in love with this franchise.
0: I have. I ended up watching 30 minutes of the second one, and I was like, hmm, this seems a little interesting, and then paused it to go use the restroom, came back, and was like, oh my God, wrong movie.
1: And then you kept watching the second one, inexplicably.
0: No, 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 I put it on the, the watch list. It's going to happen after this. <laughs> I see, we're going to start the whole franchise. We're yeah. going
1: to do Roped after that, just get all the Josh Swickard movies?
0: Yeah, we got to get the, all the Josh Swickard and the, the Lawrence Swickard movies, man, all of them.
1: Yeah.
0: We've got we to do like a
1: whole Swickard month.
0: Yeah. It'll come like right before Christmas. We'll do we'll, we'll do Swickard in November.
1: Uh, we should probably, if we're going to do that, we'd have to do like rom-com month, right? And so we'd probably <laughs> want to do that either in February or, I don't know, May. May feels like a very love-type month. And I think a lot of these movies happen around spring or the turning of seasons. Something like that. That could also just be me guessing at stuff I vaguely remember. They also happen a lot in the winter, so I guess November, December, January, all good months for <laughs> cool basically not summer yeah (laughs) Yeah, i don't think there's too many rom-coms in summer except for the ones about like it was my summer vacation and he was the boy of my dreams or she was the girl of my dreams but they have to leave at the end Mm -hmm, i don't think they make very many movies like that anymore because i don't think people travel that
0: far for summer vacation for a long time i don't know man falling in love man that started a nice trend there i think that we need more falling in loves i think we don't i think we need less of
1: that like forever (laughs) it's awful so besides the wrong movie, what else have you been watching this week?
0: All sorts of stuff, honestly. And now that you ask, it, my mind went blank. I, I don't exactly remember. I want to say Evil Dead Rises, but that was last week. So I don't really remember what the hell I watched this week. <laughs> oh, You're... pneumonia. No, pneumonia. The pneumonia? I don't know how to pronounce it. It's uh, it's the new Pixar film.
1: Ah, gotcha. I've seen it around. I also don't know how to say it. Pneumonia.
0: Like the, the sickness, the illness. Like download the sickness. Yeah, uh, it was cute. I thought it was. I thought it was cute. It was nice. The the main character is gay and has a relationship with another knight, but due to the fact that he has been, they did a thing where they use the main character as the scapegoat for a murder, on uh, yeah, an yeah. empress, and my wife was you know, surprised that I called out who it was that set him up. <laughs> She was like, "Damn, how did you how did you call that? I was like, easy. Who's going to step into the into position once the queen dies? Of, the her second. Plus, she was acting sketch as fuck.
1: Yeah. It's always Yzma.
0: Always. Is that my voice?
1: Prof <laughs> is such a hero. Underrated. <laughs> Somehow still
0: underrated. Agreed, man. Shit. Maybe I'll be him for Halloween.
1: Do you know how to make spinach puffs?
0: I can learn. Alright,
1: then you're on the right path.
0: Yeah. I'll just buy the costume, learn how to make spinach puffs, and everywhere I'll go I'll make my own theme music.
1: <laughs> I think you do that now.
0: Yeah. So I'm already I've a been, step ahead.
1: I've been driving in the car with you, like no <laughs> music playing, you're just driving dun 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 dun
0: dun dun ringo. <laughs> That's why my wife and kid don't like uh driving with me. Ah, <laughs> oh, they're missing out. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's how that one went. And honestly, oh, yeah, and we also watched one of the newer Puss in Boots movie because the kid wanted to watch them. Uh,
1: was it the last one, like the Puss Forever or something like that? I know that's not the name of it because that sounds horrible. <laughs> the like, no, the latest one that just
0: came that, out. No, Puss Forever is the parody that I have on my computer
1: right now. <laughs> the, that you're writing on your computer. Right
0: <laughs> now. We don't have access to the, the newest one, so it's the one prior to. Okay. Like, yeah, uh, I heard Light the Forever newest one
1: is a fucking, like, tearjerker. I saw a lot of people talking about, like, I didn't expect to cry at a Puss in Boots movie. And that makes me want to watch it, because I didn't expect to cry at a Toy Story movie, and then Toy Story 3, man, I was like, at the end, I was like, right. no! I was like, this is stupid. And then they made Toy Story 4, I'm like, oh, okay, so you've ruined everything. Like, thanks yeah. a lot,
0: corporations.
1: Everything uh, you touch turns to shit. You're like, the shit king. away.
0: Real, real quick, remind me, Toy Story 3, was that the one where they were falling into the furnace?
1: Yeah, and then okay, they got yeah. saved at the very end, and then yeah. he gave it to that little girl.
0: Yeah, no, that was a good that was a good way to end the series. Leave it there.
1: Yeah, don't make Toy Story twenty five. Jeez. Nah, they're 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 way past that now. They're going until they're going until literally they release one and it makes zero dollars. Because even yeah. if it makes fifty dollars at the box office, they'll put it on Disney Plus.
0: Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so that one was good. But the only one the the only thing that I remember hearing about the the newest Puss in Boots movie is the rule thirty four on the wolf. Like I heard so much shit about that wolf so much everyone, everyone was just simping about it. I didn't realize it was a furry until I saw this I'm like what uh, should I watch this do I need to like get myself a, a poncho to, to watch this movie around people what's going on here uh, just a pillow just a pillow <laughs>
1: your wife's gonna come downstairs why are you watching that with no pants on you know what never mind <laughs> We don't talk about Fight Club. (laughs) Fight Club—that's (laughs) a horrible name for jerking off.
0: (laughs) And your AI bit just gets longer.
1: (laughs) That's what she said.
0: How about yourself, man? What have you been up to? So. Take the limelight off me for
1: a second. <laughs> get hot and bothered. Think about that wool. <laughs> go a little s- bit. Gonna mute your mic and go change into a poncho right now.
0: <laughs> We're gonna have to put pause on this for a second. Hold your
1: on. Your wife's gonna come upstairs. be like danger. Splash zone. He closed the door. <laughs> <laughs> hey mom, I'm sorry. He's not sorry. He's not sorry at all. He chose. He chose to be <laughs> like this. <laughs> Craig's not rock. i thought you're gonna blame it on me i was like yes that's also true but still. <laughs> uh no this week we actually went and we watched hook it's been a while since i've seen that movie and it's still a fucking classic i don't know that there's ever going to be a better captain hook than dustin hoffman that guy embodies the role so well it's incredible it's right. i don't know It's so hard to quantify how amazing this Captain Hook is, because in the cartoons, especially in the movie, Captain Hook comes off as a doof, because he's for kids, and kid villains aren't really scary like that, except... I suppose that's why somebody like Scar stands out because even though Scar is a kid's villain Scar's scary we watched him straight up murder Simba's dad and then he sang a whole Nazi themed song about it Or not themed Nazi stylized song yeah. it was very the wall slash propaganda film but you go and watch Hook and you know it's a Peter Pan story but it's Peter Pan in the future and you look at Dustin Hoffman playing playing Captain Hook and you're just like holy shit this is how crazy this character could be because he's not scary but he's like unhinged mm-hmm. and he's conniving enough that you can see where his plots come in you can almost see him figuring stuff out and hatching another plan as they go and then you then watch him tap the stairs so that they turn into red carpet because he would never go down the stairs without red carpet and you're like this is so fitting. This is the way this character should be. And then Bob Hoskins Bob Hoskins' Schnee is fantastic as well. He plays such a good Schnee. Honestly, the movie's just really well cast. I found out that the guy who played Rufio is actually from the Bay Area for this last time, so I was like, cool, represent.
0: Nice. Nice. Rufio is also a really good character. I like that. Yeah.
1: Oh man, dude, the entire cast is great. Oh, yeah. the, the whole setup is fantastic. It's really really interesting other than that i've been getting current on the bear i think i have like two more episodes left i thought i was gonna get current the other night but i turned on an episode and it was like an hour-long christmas special and (laughs) if all christmas specials were like this one i would like christmas specials more it was it was messed up but the show is really good at presenting these situations that should be good but end up being bad i actually had to go look up what it's called it's called structural irony where we know because of the type of story that it is that something bad is going to happen but there's no indication in the text because dramatic irony is when we the audience know something for sure and the characters don't for example we know that scar is plotting on mufasa but mufasa doesn't know that and so when scar gets a chance we know as the audience we're like no mufasa don't trust scar but scar can't or mufasa can't hear us he's a fake lion in africa so that's dramatic irony, but the structural irony is would be if we knew that Lion King was a tragedy, but we didn't know to who or to what characters, but we knew that any character that was happy could have a brutal ending. And I think the bear does that really well. It prevents, presents this idea of we know that these people aren't necessarily going to end up happy, and so, or at least not episode to episode. I wouldn't say it's like a downer show, but the show tends to ride a wave of like ups and downs. And so whenever a character seems to be happy... I can't help but think, like, oh, dude, don't celebrate yet, because this isn't going to go well.
0: I'm going to end up putting that on my list for this week, and I'll I'll end up putting some time into watching it. I ended up throwing on Mad God, actually, after our other movie, and completely got lost in that one, so that's why I haven't even thrown any time into watching The Bear. Like I said, after this, it'll go on my list. I'll either watch it. Do it at
1: your own pace. I think it's a good show. It's only two seasons deep, and the second season came out three weeks ago, so
0: you've got plenty of time to get current. All I'm saying is the more you talk about it, the more I get interested in it. Ah,
1: then so. yes. You are welcome, Hulu. I'm sure you needed me to get one more viewer. <laughs> <laughs> you want to talk about this damn Christmas movie?
0: Yeah, let's talk about it. All
1: right. All right. This week we watched 2020's A California Christmas, rated PG-13 on Netflix. With his carefree lifestyle on the line, a wealthy charmer poses a ranch hand to get hard-working farmer to sell her family's land before Christmas. Starring Lauren Swickard as Callie, Josh Swickard as Joseph, Ali Afshar as Leo, David Del Rio as Manny, and Gunnar Anderson as Connor. Josh tries to trick her into selling, but at the end he ends up falling for her. I didn't hate this movie as much as I thought I was going to. I will say that one of the benefits of living in our modern life is that sometimes there's unexpected stuff that goes on. And so the day I picked to watch this movie across the street was apparently Jackhammer Day. So the entire time I was watching this movie, it was like two people staring longingly at each other. And there's just... So ambiance-wise, I didn't really get the full thing. If I were a true, real, proper film critic with the utmost purity on my mind, I would probably have watched it a second time. But I couldn't bring myself to do that. This movie isn't good either. It's just not the worst Christmas movie I've seen. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: I suppose another way of putting it is this is a rom-com with Christmas dressing on top. A lot of these movies are. Again, this one, I thought... going. Sticking to the movie hand here, I thought that I my critique of this would be like, why did this have to be set in California? But that actually makes way more sense when you watch the movie. The question I have now is, why did this have to be set at Christmas? This could have yeah. taken place at any time. This could have taken place on Labor Day. This could have been called call California Labor Day. And it would have been the exact same movie, except they would have been having a Labor Day benefit at the end. I'm actually not 100% sure what the hell was happening at the end. We, we hear about this Christmas baking thing throughout the show, but it's, or throughout the movie, but it's never explained what it is. Anyway, I feel like this entire movie is exactly paint-by-numbers. The only thing that kept it from being as annoying as other ones is that the story isn't so heavily cloying. It seems like the makers of this movie took a second and dialed it back just a little bit on the saccharine sweet bullshit they added it in other places Connor is a huge douche throughout the movie he is clearly a creeper nice guy and then he gets this weird redemption at the end where everybody's okay with him despite the fact that he assaulted both of the main characters Mm -hmm. but yeah the the story isn't as cleanly sweet it's not over the top it's not in your face and I think that's because it doesn't go out of its way to make itself a Christmas movie but at least they dialed it back some. This movie is just a pretty standard pay-by-numbers rom-com. The thing I had the biggest issue with in this movie wasn't actually anything with the characters, but the amount of goddamn montages and slow, like not slow scenes, but single shot scenes with just music playing over it. Those aren't really montages, but I feel like I counted and there were 13 different times that there was no dialogue being spoken on screen and we were just getting a song played at us and some of them were short 30 seconds or so some of them were like two two and a half minutes the one that pops into my mind is when they're having a picnic on the lawn and joseph is out here painting the fence and it's just this weird picnic montage of three people having fun without joseph and joseph painting the fence and i think we're supposed to pull from this that we are watching Callie and joseph build a connection except that they're not involved in each other in this scene maybe what we're getting from this is joseph wishes he had a family like this but again it doesn't come clear in the scene at all it was just like a two minute weird montage and this happens throughout the movie there's so many just cutaways to like a a two three minute montage this film isn't terribly long i think it's one hour and 45 minutes but if you cut out all the musical like nonsense numbers you'd have a, a nice like 85 minute
0: movie And after watching this and talking to you about it, honestly, I I feel like this is similar to Hallmark card, the sort of thing that you get someone for Christmas. They appreciate it in the moment, they forget about it afterwards, because honestly, this this was an interesting movie to be placed in the Christmas aspect. And I think that the reason why they put it in the Christmas aspect is because if you were to call it uh, Labor Day Love Fest or something, I don't know. (laughs) Uh, the the name would have to be worked a little bit better but something like that putting another name other than Christmas for whatever reason it doesn't really get the same fanfare as a lot of these Christmas movies that are like they have Christmas as the first word for whatever reason Christmas is the hook and that being said leading into like what I appreciated about this movie what I appreciated about this movie was even though it called itself a Christmas movie we didn't have snow. We didn't have people in red and green outfits constantly. Uh, we didn't have lights all over the place. We didn't have uh, black cars driving over snow. Because for whatever reason, every time I hear about, like you said, these sorts of Christmas movies, these these rom-com Christmas movies, there's always a shot of a black car, a black fancy car driving over snow. before that's the, day, the like...
1: bad guy.
0: <laughs> Not always. Sometimes it's the car dropping off the main female character that's going to be falling in love with the cold-hearted male protag or something like that but i i appreciated this one for the fact that they didn't throw all the cliche christmas spiel into it everybody's got to wear a christmas hat everybody's got to be uh, putting together presents and getting ready for santa and the kid is like oh Mm -hmm. santa's coming because Every kid that they have always has to talk about Santa. They, they're they just obsessed with Santa.
1: Yeah, I'm glad they didn't do that because this little kid is way too old to be obsessed with Santa.
0: Yeah. And that's the other thing is that it doesn't matter how old the kid is. So long as they're under 18, they're like, oh, Santa's coming. And you're like, oh, my God, this kid was not. This kid was just I can see that Josh uh, Swickard, a.k.a. Joseph, is not Manny because I went to the website and noticed that you do not look like Manny.
1: Yeah. And that whole thing was weird. The way his identity is discovered. So Josh is pretending to be this Manny and he has somebody pay off Manny to a, and keep Manny away from Callie this whole time and out of town. So first of all, they make this weird like, oh, what's the odds of two Manny's in one town? I'm like pretty decent. There's there's a lot of people named Manny and who said oh, he's yeah. from here, but the way he's found out is early in the movie, we see that Hannah discovers that he looks like the guy from the wealthy Van Aston firm. Who's trying to buy up their land, but she doesn't say anything. And then later Gunner or not Gunner, Connor finds out and he goes and tells Callie right away. And they have a big blowout fight that basically isn't resolved. He's like, no, it was for real. And she's like, fuck you, get off my land. And then he comes back onto her land to set up a fucking Christmas thing. And he like, (laughs) and she's like all right (laughs) i guess thanks for the fraud i'm glad that you (laughs) gaslit me into making me love you because i still love you even without the gas it was weird i i guess one of my big problems with the movie and it's twofold because it's set in california i know the area Mm -hmm. they make it sound like she is out in the in the sticks but she is not that far from any civilization. I used to drive through this or part of this area on the way up to see my grandfather every once in a while. And this is not some desolate wasteland with no hope. Her land would be worth a ton. I know she doesn't want to sell for family reasons, etc. I get that. But to think that she couldn't then go buy a smaller ranch somewhere and start over is ludicrous. She, she paints it as though she has no hope, no choice. Secondly, I don't know... Hmm. What's the right way to say this? Because I'm I'm trying to be, like, generous to the characters. For somebody who wants to get out of debt and keep their farm uh, for a very long time, Callie's a fucking moron. Because if she's making wine, and that wine is being bottled... You're telling me that in the two and a half years that she's been dealing with debt since her father died and her fiance died in the same car crash because we have to keep tragedy on the characters that she never once thought to herself, huh, this is decent. Let's go see if anybody likes it. I get that she tried to play it off as like, this is something we only do for family members or this is just a gift we give to people. But it's not like it was a secret family recipe. It's not like a Burnett family's secret, these grapes, etc. It's just something that her father wanted to do. And that's also where I find it, for somebody who is so obsessed with keeping her father's memory alive and wishes alive, she certainly put no effort into even exploring this vineyard thing. And I get maybe at first you're overwhelmed with everything. I think I would be too. But to live in Napa Valley and have wine experts at your fingertips all the time, and you couldn't just have one person who knows wine Try it and be like, hey, this is actually incredible. It doesn't make any sense to me. And I think about how many of her problems would have been solved, how much stress would have been solved if she had just had somebody sample, even if she was just selling a small amount at a time, like one case a day. That's a lot of money coming in compared to. Her bartender's salary at what she called a gastro pub, which is not what she works at. That's just a fucking bar. I get that we're in California and everything's supposed to be trendy. That's just a fucking bar. We still have those in California. Relax yourselves, Hollywood. Netflix, actually, you know what? Just didn't even think of this until right now. Netflix is fucking 40. 40- maybe we'll say an hour tops from exactly where they're talking about in this location. They couldn't go find some more realistic scenes. The Netflix HQ, I used to drive by it on my goddamn way to work. So there's absolutely no reason they should be going up there and be like, Oh, it's a gastropub. It's not, it's not either that, or they're so up their own ass that They never leave Los Gatos. So fuck you, Netflix, but they either, all these people stay in like rich areas and they think, Oh, everywhere in California is a gastropub or they're just like, Oh, we better call it a gastropub because a bar, they have that in other States. Just, fucking dumb that's like a minor nitpick but just I I maintain that this character should have known and like I said in other podcasts I don't really like getting into the whole like well oh, technically speaking but because so much of the story hinges on the fact that like the entire story starts because her family's deeply in debt and she has a solution that she hasn't explored for really no given reason and then to have that be the thing that saves at the end this entire thing would have been avoided she would have never had to meet Joseph Van Asten. He wouldn't have ended up being the president of acquisitions or whatever title he got given at the end from Mommy. I don't know. I also don't feel anything for this Joseph character. It's hard for me to sympathize for a rich person who realizes that it's rough out in society, but only because he really likes a girl who's out in the real world. Yeah. I think this is like some bullshit that movies like to do, that TV shows like to do too. But, oh yeah, their name's right there, Burnett. <laughs> I said it in the fucking recap.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, anyway, I'm just ranting around raving. Feel free to yeah, stop no, me and say no. something.
0: <laughs> you're, you're good. So I, I have to disagree with you. Joseph is a sexy, sexy man and he's shirtless for 98% of this movie. <laughs> How could you not love him? Jesus, the first time I saw him shirtless was in that second movie and I, it went on for way too damn long and I, I think that if my wife ever left me, I gotta go find this Joseph.
1: Well. First of all, it went on too long because you paused it. <laughs> yeah, right, there on, the, right there on that scene, man. That's what happens when you pause a movie. It goes three on hours, forever.
0: Three hours later, I was wondering why it hadn't shifted scenes. It makes sense now.
1: <laughs> three hours later, you were rubbed raw from Fight Club <laughs> in your
0: poncho. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that you have a lot of really good points, and that's one of those things where I, I meant to go ahead and ask you because – I grew up in New Mexico. I didn't grow up in California, so I didn't really understand, other than the fact that I know that land out there goes for a shit ton of money. So why the hell couldn't you sell a portion of your ranch to go ahead and recoup some of the the money for the bills or something? You don't have to get rid of the whole entire ranch. You could probably sell a portion of it for a shit ton of money.
1: Yeah, I never really got a sense of how big this ranch was, but it seems like it's pretty fucking big.
0: Yeah. The other thing is, like how you said Connor. Connor was a piece of shit, and I was thinking about it talking to my wife i think that if they had removed the bar scene where joseph and connor get into it and connor assaults callie and joseph i think that if you remove that scene connor plays out more like a younger brother or maybe a super overprotective brother and go ahead
1: i say yeah except that he asks her out yeah. That's like our first interaction we see with him is like, yeah. "Hey, maybe you want to go to this bar." And she's like, "What in your right mind made you think I'd say yes to that?" And then later we see him drunk at her bar and yeah. grab her.
0: Yeah, what I'm what I'm saying is if you remove the the rom- romantic aspect of him, he could be seen as a a protective brother. I'm not saying this makes him any better. Sure. I'm saying that like, okay, I'm saying if you did this and you remove that romantic aspect that this this piece of shit wanted, He becomes a slightly better character, as I've been stating to my wife recently. It's like negative five versus negative three. It's still a negative number, but at least it's a lot closer to zero.
1: Yeah, for for sure. sure. He is a better character at that point.
0: Yeah. That being said, he's a piece of shit. I'd be worried that he wouldn't understand what no means, considering... Oh, wait. Yeah, he doesn't understand what no means because he's been told no multiple times by Callie. So there's that issue. Another issue that's really not that big a problem, but the name Callie I found interesting for a movie that starts off with the name A California Christmas. Mm-hmm. And collo- uh, colloquially, I grew up hearing Cali as the, the name for California. So maybe I'm reaching on that one, but I was like, is there a reason why you named your, your female protag Callie? Because it seems like you're, you're trying to... Use the colloquial term for California. Like I said, I might be reaching on that one.
1: I do think it is a little on the nose to okay. to name your character Callie in a movie about California. It's, I expected, thankfully they didn't do this, but I expected there to be some sort of bad joke about like, I guess it's not the only California Christmas, some shit like that. When I was, so... I'm trying to remember which movie it is, but it's one of the Pierce Brosnan James Bond movies. It's the one with Denise Richards. She plays a Dr. Christmas or something like that. Like Dr. Christmas Jones, I think is her name. And he, at the end of the movie is like, I thought Christmas only came once a year. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, you guys named her that just so that he could make this joke like my fucking God. <laughs> but that's what I was expecting from from the character named Callie. I was like, oh, we're going to get some sort of really fucking dumb joke here. <laughs>
0: No, she didn't really have a a sense of humor.
1: Yeah. But speaking of humor, I will say that I enjoyed Leo and Manny. I didn't find them laugh out loud funny. But they were actually. If more movies did comic relief like this, I think it would be a little bit better than trying to force the comic relief to always be in scene with the main characters. These two had a fun dynamic. They were annoying without being over the top annoying. They were funny without being like obnoxiously or out of characterly funny. Manny seems like a guy I actually would hang out with. So I appreciated that. That's probably the highest selling point of this movie. I hate to say this because they're married, but on screen I didn't feel like Joseph and Callie had any chemistry. I felt like it was just kind of a force. Maybe they're just not great actors, although he's in general hospital. So I assume he's at least somewhat of a good actor. I, I didn't look up her her filmography, but either way, it didn't come across on screen, and that kind of, that always takes away from romantic comedies for me is just the lack of chemistry. I think it should. I don't think that's a, I don't think that's a crazy thing to say. Like, oh, I didn't find the characters believable,
0: but I still loved it. Yeah, I can tell you that Lauren Lauren Swickard played in Dear White People, and I, I watched Mm-mm. a little bit of that, but I didn't watch the whole entire thing, so I don't know if I ever remember her in it. And I was questioning, how do you go from White people to this. <laughs> <That's> Easy money. <laughs> true. That's,
1: that's how you do it. I assume these Netflix actors make a ton.
0: Well, oh, I guess
1: I could be wrong. I
0: don't know. I do got to say, I think you nailed it with, with Leo and Manny. And what I would love is not like a full movie of those two, but maybe a couple of like, I don't know, 10 minute shorts. Not a lot. I don't need a lot because too much of that's just going to overpower it. Two or three 10 minute shorts of those two. Not even 10 minutes might be too much. I don't know. But short little clips showing their friendship. So I think those two were great.
1: So you're looking for a TikTok show of these two?
0: Yeah, I think I could deal with that.
1: I, I think that would be fine. I, I don't know that I'd watch it, but I think it wouldn't be the worst thing. Like this movie. <laughs> so overall, I'm surprisingly giving this movie a very slight recommend. I don't think you would do... I don't think you'd feel cheated after watching this movie. I don't feel like you'd feel like it's a waste of two hours unless you absolutely dead in your heart hate rom-coms, which I completely understand. But if this is in your wheelhouse at all, it's not an over-the-top Christmas movie, like we said. I would recommend it with just the slightest of thumbs up, like from the side, just like a three-degree tick up. It's fine.
0: I would have to say that I would also recommend it similar to that especially if you listen to us and we put out falling in love i don't know we've, we haven't done any other uh, rom-com christmas movies have we
1: no and falling in love is not a christmas movie
0: yeah but it was the only rom-com that i could think of that we uh,
1: the Clapper's is kind of a rom-com
0: okay and clapper and the I, buddy I games
1: just... is a rom-com <laughs> <laughs>
0: about a
1: man in <laughs> his balls
0: the man in his balls man I think I would recommend this one above Falling in Love, The Clapper, and sure as fuck above Buddy Games.
1: Are you sure about that? Did you ever get that (laughs) refund from Hulu?
0: (laughs) They haven't given it to me, man. (laughs) (laughs) They give it to me, I might recommend it. That's a lie, I won't recommend that movie ever.
1: (laughs) Oh, The Wrong missy's a rom-com too. We just did that last week.
0: (laughs) (laughs) See, I keep forgetting about The the Wrong Missy until I open up our Twitter account. I'm like, oh, that's right, I gotta go ahead and post about that one again
1: anything else you want to add for this movie
0: go find us on spotify itunes amazon podcast twitter facebook instagram tiktok youtube got a bunch of stuff up there and threads and threads i forgot about threads threads is the new one
1: that is the new one although i think if you find us on instagram you can find us on threads pretty easily
0: yeah all right. that's
1: it for us this week we've been streaming Wasteland thank you guys for watching remember to try a new movie out every once in a while sometimes you'll find something isn't as bad as you thought it was say goodbye Ringo bye Ringo